Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. And welcome, fellow seekers, to episode number 135 of the podcast, God Beyond the Bible, the podcast made by seekers and for seekers. And how about some shout outs? Our shout outs today are to Michael, Jose, and Liberty. We're glad to have you guys listening. Great, great. And I think Tabitha's got us a quote. I do. I was just now wondering if I was going to be able to pronounce the name correctly, so we'll <laughs> see. All right. The, it's from Frank, is it Herbert or Bear? I had a kid in school who it, was spelled that way, and it was Bear was how you said it. So I, don't I don't know. But anyway, one of those. It's H-E-R-B-E-R-T. The mind can go either direction under stress, toward positive or toward negative, on or off. Think of it as a spectrum whose extremes are unconscious at the negative end and hyperconscious at the positive end. The way the mind will lean under stress is strongly influenced by training. Cool. Huh. It kind of goes with today's topic. Definitely. And, uh, you're going to notice that we've once again kind of changed up our format. And uh, uh, so we'll just get into it. We're not going to try to explain anything. We just like to try to keep things fresh. And we're still in three years in, almost three years into this thing. We're still learning what we want to do and figure mm-hmm. out how we want to do this thing. And, hey, it's 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 not like we have to really answer to anybody, but I guess nobody that's we're, true. We're listening to your input, though, and yes. and and we're just we're trying to make it a little better, little better podcast. Well, today's topic is going to be outrage fatigue syndrome. Had either one of you guys heard of this before? I had not before before I came up with this. Uh, outrage fatigue syndrome. Now it it's defined as this, but we're going to kind of give a simpler definition, maybe. But it's defined. Outrage fatigue is a related experience where one experiences exhaustion. Cynicism, apathy. I can't look at that without thinking of <laughs> Andy Griffith. Yeah, <laughs> saying apathy, uh, cynicism, apathy, and hopelessness as they try. Okay, let me start it again. I messed. It. Okay, I, I kind of did that in the middle. <laughs> Outrage fatigue is a related experience where one experiences exhaustion, cynicism, apathy, and hopelessness as they try to take on too many social, political, legal, or economic issues at once. Today's world of social media and constantly connected smartphones offers us the opportunity to express our feelings about a huge range of issues. 
from political and government abuse of power. And then you couple that now with the COVID pandemic mm-hmm. and the social and economic impact it's had. And now, you know, we're facing the breakdown in the supply chain. Mm-hmm. For basically, what would you call this? How would you put this just in general terms? Outrage for now, outrage fatigue. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think I would really call it just being ang- being angry so long you're exhausted. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Being angry. All, we're talking about being angry and just angry all the time. Just mm-hmm. Typically, Emma, I usually call it something along the lines of too much muchness. Yeah. <sighs> it's just there's too many things to even be able to process them anymore. Well, mm-hmm. let's go to the first question. Why or why not do you think this is a real issue? I think all you have to do is look, you know, around to see how much of a rampant issue it is in our modern world, especially looking at social media and things like that, where I have people who have actually snoozed on my account because they're constantly angry about something. Well, I've been angry. Well, <laughs> I've been yeah. that one. I, I, I see that post on I Facebook have. and I can feel that well up inside of me. And I just, and it's, I've, I've really stepped back from social media because mm-hmm. it's made me think differently of people in my circle. And we're not just picking on social media. It's media, period. It is. It is. And what we're talking about here, and we've seen it a lot since the, and I don't want to get into the politics thing, but since the last election, mm-hmm. people are outraged. And they've been yes. outraged. They were outraged before the election. They're outraged still. You know, we're a year past, and people are still outraged, just ramped up, wrenched up, just angry you most know. of my most of my news that i see i read i, I read it myself but i me. actually turned the news on the other day because our weather's changing and i wanted to see what it was going to do and first of all you don't get any weather but i was watching the news and it was so funny because there i can't even remember what it was about but i told my husband i said they give you little sound clips of people talking for like two seconds and then they go and tell you what those people said instead of just letting me hear them well, say mm-hmm. it, you know, and it's it's frustrating, and it's just to ignite that influence I, your your thinking. I refer to social media a lot because I quit mainstream media, media in general, mm-hmm. news, things like that, because they were so hard on my anxiety and my depression. They were causing me serious. And, and they were what, costing me my peace in my own home. Right. So and my husband and I, we don't watch the news. I will read occasionally mm-hmm. an article about something local that's going on. But I do try purposefully to stay out of the loop of things that don't concern me specifically. But that's, we're going to get into it. But that's kind of what this is. You just, you get so exhausted and so mm-hmm. that you just. There's so much demands on your emotions. Yes. And you're ramped up. You're angry. And some are saying, and, and I know I've suffered from this. I know this is real because mm-hmm. I've suffered from it. Because when I was politically involved, when I was involved strong in the church and combined with politically involved and local politics mm-hmm. and all of that, it was just, you were angry about something all the time there was some issue going on so i really think it is a real issue out it's just been given a name outrage fatigue syndrome uh do you know you guys know anyone who you suspect may be suffering from this several i mean let's don't name names we're not gonna call names but but. you know i think just like we've kind of discussed in the last question i think everyone has to some degree at some point Mm. you've dealt with this and you have to wonder, is it because we have everything at our fingertips now? Is this is this a new thing? Has this always been happening? Was this in the Vietnam era? I always go back to that because there was so much unrest. But we had and so much on same. television. Let's go back one past that. Let's go back to World War II. Mm-hmm. 
where all you had is a newspaper, and if a ship was sunk, you heard about it about two weeks after it. Yeah. After it happened. You know, or a week or two, you know, or something. You know, if there was something across on the other side of the world, now it's instantaneous. But it's really not, I don't think it's really uh, geared toward just the sadness of the things, the state of things going on around the world as it is being angry. Sure. This This ramped up and mm-hmm. just tightened up, you know, all over because you're just, Ready you're like a wound explode. spring. Yeah, yeah, like a very tightly wound spring. And I think that's what this is about. But yes, to answer that question for myself, I do know people that are suffering from mm-hmm. this because I have suffered from it. So I, I, I know it just didn't have a name. Uh, since the pandemic began, experts say there's a sharp increase in the demand for medication to treat anxiety, depression, insomnia, and other stress-related disorders. Does anyone have any numbers? I mean, I've read that two or three times. Has anybody looked at any numbers on that? Well, according to the CDC, in late June of 2020, which was kind of the height of the first lockdown, yeah. um, anxiety depression and suicidal ideation and substance abuse numbers had more than doubled Mm -hmm. from the year before well and you would expect that right yeah that's a natural thing but just think about and let's stay in with our our thought here just think about people do you think it's because people are already angered up they're already uh and then this is just another layer adding one more thing Mm -hmm. to the adding one more thing and they do say that these people actually when they get used to the level of anger they are They'll often, I'm just going to throw this in as I was reading this, I think I read most of this in psychology today, but it said that they actually need that fix. It becomes needing a fix of something that makes them angrier. And so they go out and get involved. They go out and they're actually don't uh, subconsciously seeking for something that's going to ramp up that anger. uh, I guess they feel like they're in a lull or something when they get... Well, it's it's an addiction. It is. is. And the human brain is absolutely fascinating because any... You know, anger is triggered through hormones, mm-hmm. just like, you know, excitement, happiness. All of those are triggered through hormones. And if you stay in that path for a long time, your brain will actually cut new networks well, and, and, that and, have to be filled. And if those are not getting filled and getting triggered, th- then you feel like you're literally physically lacking something. And Tabitha said it's like addiction or both of you did. It's like addiction. But uh, it, I guess it's equivalent of. Uh, first time you drink alcohol, one shot of liquor, yeah, is mm-hmm. enough, or maybe two, and then uh, you've been doing that for twenty years. Tolerance you can pretty well drink up. a bottle. Yeah, the toler your tolerance, <laughs> and I think that's what we're talking about. So actually, but but then there's a craving behind that. We have to mm-hmm. want to expose her. There's something driving us, making us do that. Uh, big social media such as Facebook's been in the spotlight lately. I know you guys don't watch the news, but they've been, you know, uh, they're under investigation for its alleged, and among other things, allegedly manipulating its content. I can't hardly believe they do that uh, to keep the level of outrage on both sides fueled. Now we're talking about especially the last political, the last presidential election and all of that. Uh, and they're up before Congress, uh, but they've been manipulating, according allegedly manipulating their content to keep the level of outrage on both sides fueled in order to maintain user interest. Uh, while ignoring the mental health impact on its users, especially its most vulnerable users who may have underlying mental health issues to begin with. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, this isn't the first time they've been brought before Congress for this same thing. Back about five years ago, Congress got wind and found out, and they were convicted and had to pay some fines after they were manipulating posts 
on a select group of people's news feeds and only putting very, very sad, very, very upsetting things oh, yeah. on their page. They were basically doing to, a guinea pig study, weren't they? Yeah, to see if they can make people more depressed by messing with the posts on their well, feed. And I wow. think we forget... You know, Facebook is big business. I mean, it's, it's not it's about not, it's not about oh how nice of them to give exactly, us this. Pl- they have yeah. given us this. Oh how sweet those people yes. are. <laughs> those people are filthy, stinking rich. Exactly, and, and, and they work to build that empire bigger. Well, and let me tell you, you can't even buy a phone now that doesn't already come pre-installed with Facebook uh-huh. on it, and you can't delete that app. It's you really, I didn't. You I can, didn't know that. Disable it, yeah, but it cannot be deleted. It cannot be deleted. So I'm just there's that's big business, isn't it? Big business. Yeah, because you think that they, you think the phone company, the phone, the company that puts that phone out, that's producing them, you think they did that for free, right? You think they just said, oh, it would be nice for us to just go ahead and Uh pre-install Facebook for everybody. And I will say also, as someone who has mental health issues, that you know, I can definitely confirm that Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, all of the big social media platforms specifically can really be toxic to your mental health. Well, sure. Uh, Tracen talked about, she gave us some statistics from like the summer of 2020 that just in one year mm-hmm. that had mm-hmm. doubled. What do you think about 2021? Now we're another year into this and here we are at the end of 2021. I'd imagine those numbers would be yes. greater than that. Some say that in terms of mental health, we are experiencing the perfect storm. That's a combination of mental health and emotional impact of a quarter century of social media. Now, it's been here longer than that, but, you know, extensively used Mm -hmm. social media. The extreme political and social unrest that we're experiencing in the U.S. and around the world, coupled with the pandemic, makes for a recipe of mass mental health breakdown in the coming years. What do do we see the reason? I mean, this is... uh, I don't think there's enough discussion. Sure, they're up, you know we're up before Congress, and we're. I don't think we. I think to me, I think the technology is changing so fast. It has is. has and been changed, always changed so fast that we're ten years behind knowing. And that's my personal opinion, mm-hmm. and and experts even say this. We're we're ten to twenty years behind knowing the effects on our society, right? Because this stuff is changing so fast. We are really just looking at with. You know, kids in the age range of Tabitha's kids, you know, their teens, we're really looking at the first generation to grow up in an all digital age Mm -hmm. because Tabby and I, um, Tabby a little bit more than I did, but even myself, I just grew up as things were really starting to speed up and we went from the MS-DOS computer to Mm -hmm. Windows 95 and when Windows 95 hit, the world changed. It did. I mean, from that point on, everything just started cycling out of control and... Well, and the access to internet... Yes. I mean, the access to internet that, I mean, when we first had internet, remember it was one computer in the house and it was, <laughs> and it was if nobody anybody... was on the phone or expecting a phone call, it you was, could right. get online. It was, it was like bit. picking up when the fax machine was on, yeah, when it yes. was connected <laughs> and all that stuff. Okay. In your opinion, is the religious community, and I'm speaking of here in the U.S., the church, uh, as a wholly organized church, using this? as an opportunity to minister to those suffering from the emotional stresses associated with the unusual phenomenon, or are they contributors to the breakdown themselves? I can only speak for what I've experienced personally, and I think personally it's their contributors. And I don't think that they 
necessarily even know that they're contributing specifically to this, but they... No, no, this is not a conspiracy. No. Like, we're going to make everybody as crazy. Exactly. We're going to just do... We're just going to drive everybody well, mentally insane. That's not the idea here. But, the, I, but they've kind of fallen into a pattern. The church has fallen into a pattern of, of this sensationalism. Yes. I mean, this all started... You guys probably can't remember back... Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Howard Stern. Know who Howard Stern is? Uh, yes. Shock Radio. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Shock Radio. And then what was the other that we had? There was another one that Don Imus, you mm-hmm. know, and Imus in the morning. It was kind of Shock Radio. Well, people, and it was just a lot of angry, bitter, mm-hmm. spewing, you know, putting people down and all of this stuff. Well, uh, they had to keep pushing the envelope. Of course, eventually Don Imus got. Yeah. yeah, he got canned from the air. Uh, but the point of it is, is this: is that uh, uh, that it all started this sensationalism. What is it about us that we need this sensationalism? Our lives so boring, we just can't be happy with our own lives the way they are. That we need this sensational stuff. Is it is it strictly for conversation? So we'll have something to talk about when we talk to people. What, I read it. I don't know what's driving this the, the, this thirst, this addiction. I, it, it is an addiction to sensationalism. I read an article. And the church, while, is, church is doing it too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Church, the church from the pulpit. They I'll tell you, and then I'll things. let Tracen tell okay. her yeah, story. A few Sundays ago, I was just looking through the live streams that they have of different churches. Some of them I knew, some of them I didn't. And I was like, I'm just going to watch. And as soon as they mention politics in any form, I'm going to switch. I went through four. Yeah. And I just turned it off. I was like, okay. Yeah. It, you can't, and it's uh, which you never ever. That was something that you always steered away from from the pulpit. That was never. No, a, no, I was. Well, no, I say <clears> never. <throat> not in your life. No, I used right. to. I subscribed. I got caught up in the Jerry Falwell moral majority movement, and all, and that's how all of this got. That's how all of this was injected yeah. into the church. So um, when I was, um, I read an article back several years ago, and the idea was. It was called The Extremes. And it said that the problem with the news media is and has been since this was something they said that started in the early 80s and has gotten progressively worse. Mm -hmm. But they have realized that putting things, the middle ground never sells. Oh, no. Having people who are meeting in the middle. (laughs) Those stories never sell. You have to go to the extremes, the extreme right, the extreme left. Those people are the ones that not the people who agree with them, but the other side will watch. Right. Which is pretty well exactly what which we're is, talking which about. Which is inflammatory. Uh-huh. It's meant to be inflammatory. And and, and and in our last question, our last point of discussion, there was the church. And in my opinion is the church has contributed. I have used the church to contribute to the hour. Uh, I talked to a guy just the other day and he was telling me about it. He said, I almost got up and walked out of church. He said, the preacher was on one of those rants and the condition of the, the reason we're in this condition, the reason all this stuff is happening is you people, you Christians aren't doing, if you were standing up doing yep. what you ought to be doing, if you were as outraged as you ought to be about these, you're just, you've become complacent. You're not outraged about these things and it's your fault that the world's in the condition that it's in. And he said, man, <laughs> he said, he said, I, he said, one guy got up and walked out. And he said, I almost did. And he said, my wife told me on the way home, I said, I can't believe you didn't get up and walk out on that. That, yeah, I can't even. Well, and I will say, too, on our question about 
you know, the churches, whether they're contributing to the breakdown. I really felt for a long time, too, that the organized church is really lacking in its care for people's mental health. I mean... I I think that the organized church... uh -uh. I didn't mean to cut you off. I think the organized church is struggling to stay afloat. Uh And I think that in some ways they almost subscribe to that sensationalism just to try to draw people The same reason the media and other places do it because it... It there you can whether you inflame them mm-hmm. or interest them mm-hmm. whether they agree or disagree you're getting some yep. res- getting some results. Well, and someone you guys mentioned addiction earlier, but if addiction is defined in terms of one's inability to control the urge to engage in an activity, might some folks be suffering from a type of addiction to the sensationalism? And I think we've already talked about this of the news, the social media and other platforms that use sensationalism to attract its audience. I love my mother-in-law, but we had a conversation a few weeks ago and she's like, well, did you guys not see on the news? And my husband said, no, we don't bring the news in our house. That's not something. And she goes, how can you not watch the news every day? You're not going to know what's going on in the world if you're not watching the news. And man, how happy my life is. (laughs) That's what even my husband, because he was someone who watched the news pretty well every morning when we got together. And he's like, you know what? It's so peaceful to sit there and just watch whatever TV show I want when I get up in the morning that has nothing to do with any of it. How does my knowing as one individual, how does my knowing about something change it if it's in a place, in a situation, I can do absolutely nothing about it except talk about it? All it, it does is disturb your inner peace. Just like it. when you get up and you have that cup of coffee in the morning. I believe if you start your day with the news and the angst and the, oh yeah, that's what you're going to go through your day with. Sure. It sets the stage. It <clears throat> sets the stage. Okay. If we aren't addicted to news and social media, are we at least a society addicted to the technology that is the platform for these outlets? I am Tabitha and I'm a tech addict. <laughs> I am as well. I mean, I'm the smart house, goofy, you know, all the things I've. And, you know, and it's not just news. It's just even just surfing social inter- social media. Just constantly you have your phone in your hand and you tap that icon and open it up and scroll through it. And sometimes you don't even know what you're doing. That's I'm going to I open the calculator on my phone and you open Facebook three times before you remember to open mm-hmm. the calculator. Well, and you were talking about the chemical addictions that the chemicals that are released from your yeah. body. You know that being a tech addict does the same thing. It does exactly you the same thing. Yeah. It, stimul- it stimulates the brain to release. But what we do is there again, back to the deal that it's not enough. Because when you get used to one level of that, it's not enough. You need It's like any addiction. You need a little more. It's got to be something a little more that'll mm-hmm. stimulate, that'll stimulate the, that release of endorphins and dopamines and all that stuff that and they if say you it don't releases. think that you have a problem i'll just ask you this one thing because this hit home for me if you make a post on social media how often do you go back to see who's commented or who liked it or how many likes you well, got of course you go back. do you do that every time you sit down when you sit there or every time you pick up your phone do you have to check it and see and do you judge yourself well nobody really li- which i share lots of stuff nobody likes anymore <laughs> But but me and Tabby you know, like each other's posts. That's about it. But honestly, and I didn't realize that I had such a problem because you don't realize you're just I, you're going through the motions, and then all of a sudden it's like wow. I attempted to break. Well, I did for about six months. I didn't really get on Facebook mm-hmm. at all, 
And it took going as far as disabling the app in my phone to keep me from randomly just open Facebook and scroll through it Mm -hmm. just because it was there. And that was embarrassing to me personally, you know, to admit to myself like, wow, you really have to disable an app to go a day without Mm -hmm. it. If that was alcohol, do you think you'd have a problem? Of course. Yeah. Of course. And I think that's what was so... If that was alcohol that every 15 minutes... You had to have a drink. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes a problem. You needed that drink in your hand for security all the time. That mm-hmm. flask in your pocket. I mean, I'm just... I'm not I'm not being judgmental. No, I, I sound condescending when I say that because... Tech addiction, and that's kind of what the discussion has turned into the outrage fatigue. But that's fine because it all contributes it, to the outrage, exactly. to the the anxiety and the stuff that we're all feeling. Uh, well, back to our back to our main topic: outrage fatigue. Do you think folks are emotionally exhausted from all the demands on our invo- emotional investments? Now, we did. If you guys remember, we did a deal. I think it was just one little deal on emotional investments about Mm -hmm. in investing your emotions wisely and how we invest in everything and everybody's asking for us to come and come and be part of save these dogs that are save these you know contribute to the of course most of those are wanting our money you know they're wanting us to make but they want you to make the emotional investment first if they can get you if you can become emotionally invested Mm -hmm. you will become fully invested i think my favorite one right now is the little post that goes around on, again, social media. But it's one that I like. It says, I'm going to need you to pick fewer battles. Yeah. No. Put some battles back. Yeah. That's still too many battles. Pick fewer battles. Yeah. And I think we have to learn to do that. Uh, why Why do we need a battle? Because <laughs> I think it feeds into the emotions. We are taught, and if you think about it in church, they churches... The modern organized church, even me growing up in church, really weighed on your emotions. It, it was get you to feel this way, it, whether it was guilt, elation, whatever it was. It was focus on your emotions because when you would leave church and then you didn't have that euphoric feeling anymore of when you were whatever the emotion was, you had to go back and get more. You know, that was your drive. Most Guys. people say, I need to go to church because I need that feeling. I need yeah. that Need that fix. Kinda, I need that fix. Exactly. I've heard them say, I need that fix. And I'm I'm a very sensitive person, and it's a hard road to learn how to not let your emotions lead and guide you. And I've but, been emotionally but, drained. But don't you think that a person such as yourself, that you, you, you live a whole lot by your emotions, that you should be, above all people, mm-hmm. someone who is avoiding yes. the demands on your emotional investments, mm-hmm. that eventually turn into this outrage fatigue mm-hmm. you're just upset all the time about something but you know it's fed into you even from music i mean there was a country song i can't remember the guy who did it but you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything mm-hmm. yeah and, and it that was part of see, that right was right into in the, that mentality of you have to pick these battles you have to stand and toe the line you, one you, side or the other you must have an opinion yes and it needs and, it, and the stronger it is the better it is the more opinionated you are the better it is well, in the Christian culture, we're often shamed for our lack of outrage. Like I told you about my friend that mm-hmm. had just a couple of Sundays ago talked about that. And uh, we're, we're often shamed for our lack of outrage when it comes to issues. In recent times, we get criticized for our lack of political outrage. Uh, 
Do you think there's a price to be paid by the church for engaging in such activity as the is and using it as a method of attracting folks to support the organization? I mean, you know, using the sensationalism, using the outrage to bring people in. I know that. I mean, yes, I don't think there's any question. No, I don't think they... I don't think it is a again in defense of the church. I don't think it's a conscious. No. thing they're doing. I think this has just become a thing that has been a tool that has been in... But you know, you start pushing those words and you get those little buzzwords like engage in the culture war. Oh, yeah. And you need to stand up for what you believe in. You need to be the voice in the darkness. And it sucks you emotionally like we discussed into these things until you're absolutely exhausted and you feel and that guilt. Is this outrage fatigue syndrome? Is that what it is? Yes. Syndrome? Uh-huh. Is this what causes people that when you, you know, 20, 25 years ago, I really didn't know how most people voted for the most part. Yeah. I didn't know their political stance, didn't care. Do you think that this is what's propelling everyone when you talk to them within three minutes? It, the it's conversation politics turns to politics. Yeah. Because, you know, can I've you, lost. Can you believe what this president's doing? I have lost a lot of respect for people that I never would have had they never voiced their political opinions yeah. <laughs> if they had just kept it to themselves. We have had to tell people in our shop, <clears throat> in our tire shop before, no, we don't discuss that here. Because while I appreciate that that's how you believe, we mm-hmm. have other customers who do not believe that way. So we're not going to talk about in that my, here. In my era, it used to be the old timers say, well, there's two things you don't discuss, and that's politics and religion. Well... You know, because they'll bring not so much religion anymore. Does it bring up any kind of a? Yeah, it's, you do you, but when it yeah, comes to politics, but the but politics it's because, and we've talked about this, it's one and the same anymore most of yeah, the time. Yeah, the line's been blurred between. Uh, I said this to someone just the other day. I said it seems to be, and I, and I'm just going to tell you, and, and I know we're not supposed to judge or you know, well, you can be a fruitist, but that don't matter. I can talk to a person for five minutes and I can just about tell you by their tone, how they vote, mm-hmm. if they're in church, if they're all from just a few words of their political stance yep. of where they're in. And and we've talked about how that we have substituted. I had this conversation just the other day with a person that I think that I think we've blurred the line so much that we're, that, that politics, you know, we've de- done tw- twice on uh, politics, America's new mm-hmm. religion. Uh-huh. Uh I think we have substituted clearly blurred the line to where some people can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. They just can't tell the I difference. Agree. Well, this is our, we're going to end this episode with our non uh, expert opinions. <laughs> I've written here unexpert opinion. <laughs> That's probably better, but non expert opinion. Uh, and so this is our final thoughts here. There are those who believe we are 20 to 50 years behind addressing the effects of overexposure to media and other platforms mm-hmm. that contribute not only to outrage fatigue, but a myriad of other syndromes and disorders, some not even known yet. What is your non-expert opinion of some methods we might use to reduce our emotional stress and outrage fatigue? Let's say there's someone listening right now and they're saying, Yes, that's where I am. I'm just, I've been so angry for so long. I'm just, I'm just emotionally devastated. I'm just, I have no interest. I can't find, I can't even find interest in life anymore. I'm not even enjoying life anymore. Let's say that that person is there and they listen to this and they're thinking, 
you know, that may be, that could be. Of course, I know what the first, and it's easy to say and hard to do. Turn off the news, turn off the social media, limit everything. Yeah. I want to, well, and I want to walk that a step farther. A lot of people don't know this because they really don't tell you. On your Apple or Android phone, whichever one you're using, in your settings, there is a spot called digital well-being. Mm-hmm. You guys may have seen it before. No, I'm not familiar with it. You these. can go into that app. You can set timers for those apps that are giving you issues, Facebook, Twitter, whatever mm-hmm. it is, your news app, and say, okay, I'm giving myself 15 minutes every 24 hours or whatever until you can start breaking that addiction. And when your time is up, it will lock you out of the app until the next day. And sometimes that really helps you realize <laughs> does, how much time does, you're spending. Does an addicted person have that self-control to be able to do that? I you would be surprised, honestly, even for myself, how much it made me realize well, how it, much it time could be an I was indicator. spending. Yeah, yeah, it would be. And I eventually went in and I disabled the app on my phone because I went, really? It's been 15 minutes already. I've already blown through that time today. Well, and I think. So you disabled it so you could spend more time. No, I disabled Facebook, so oh, you, I couldn't oh, you go into the Facebook. app at all. Oh, okay, I thought you disabled the app where it wouldn't limit you. That's, uh, that was the impression We're I gonna got We're going to have there. to have an intervention, Tracy. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's bad. <laughs> I think also one of the most important things for me is meditation. However you yeah. do it, no matter what, you need that, even if it's 10 minutes a day, just centering you, yourself. You guys, you guys know me, and I'm very blessed. We're very blessed to live, but uh, mine is going over to the back of the place mm-hmm. and cutting well, some brush and I would working suggest, on the track you know working with the tractor or the dozer or something just doing something that I'm not in the, and here's the bad thing you have to be careful because if that's the only day you say okay I'm not I'm going to take this break for, if you're not careful your mind is fully engaged in all of those things you know that's why just well I'm going to I'm not going to do it as much yeah but your mind is still engaged in all of that mm-hmm. while you're are doing you guys, other things I'm I'm the little buddhist fan here so okay. ignore me but are you guys familiar with meditative walking mhm oh yeah that is one of my favorite things I understand where, the concept yeah it? with each step you say something like I am only right here there's nowhere else I need to be with your next step, it's I am only going where I'm going. It's about the journey. And with each step, you recite these little things that help keep your mind focused. Because if you can stay focused just on the walking for 10 minutes, your body will release enough endorphins. I stuttered that word. Endorphins to be equal to a 50 milligram dose of morphine. Wow. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and... Uh, I just, I, like I said, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess are we exhausted well, that topic? my last thing I would give you is to stretch your body. Most people don't realize how much tension they're holding in their body. So I would suggest looking up office stretching on your tech device. But it's called office chair stretching. And it will show you how to release some of that tension, even if you're not into yoga where you can, you know, sit and do the splits and all that fun stuff. One more little question that just occurred to me and, and I'd forgotten it and was going to close, but I'm going to go ahead and ask this. Uh, do you, do you think that part of this outrage uh, syndrome that we're experiencing exhaustion, outrage, exhaustion uh, syndrome, do you think 
that part of it's because we're all we're getting all jacked up. You need to do something about this, but you're totally helpless. There's not anything you can do about it. Yes. And it all comes down to two things: send us money or vote. Mm-hmm. It does. It's very true. And you're and you're all hyped up on this, all of this anger and all of this stuff. And then you there's that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness mm-hmm. that comes from. Well, wait a minute, I'm all angry about this. What am I going to do about it? Oh, I'll send nineteen dollars a month. <laughs> If you're triggering I'm your... Not, and I'm not... Some of these are probably very worthwhile right. organizations, but I'm just saying, if think you, of think of the link between your emotional outrage and your wallet. Right. And if you're going to trigger the fight or flight in your body and you're going to use neither, that's, it's going to cause damage to you. That's physically devastating. Physically yes. and emotional. Well, as always, till next time, may the divine's unconditional grace, peace, and love be on, in, and radiate out from each of you, our fellow seekers from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.